All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Everybody to drop in the gloves with John Scott and Tim Worsberg. I hope everyone's doing well, having a good, what day is it? Friday? A good Friday afternoon or evening. The weekend is around the corner. Tim, any big plans for the weekend? Uh, no, I'm on standby waiting for you to need some help with the house. I'm, I cleared my schedule. We'll not need any help this weekend. We're busy working. I don't work on a Sunday. Um, we're working, working, working. So, yeah, you can go out and have fun, maybe get a date, do whatever you need to do. Have a good weekend. I need you on Monday and Tuesday for the big move. Did you see that um, tweet I sent out? Which one? About the hockey equipment, the bags and stuff. Yeah, it went viral again. You just, you're the king of the viral tweets. I don't know how I keep doing it, but people really uh, were all over that. I, so here's the deal. I keep all my equipment in my attic in my garage. And I usually pull different equipment out for whatever charity I'm doing. If I'm doing a, you know, a game in Chicago, I'll pull the Chicago gear out, Buffalo, Montreal, whatever you understand. So I just keep it fresh. I keep it ready to go. I have all the bags. I just, you know, throw a bag, grab one. And and it has all the stuff in it that I need to play. And so I was like, I'm moving. I need to throw this stuff in storage. I was like, Oh, what a cute picture. I can line up all the bags, get the kids in the background, you know, who knows when I'll ever get to do this again. And I just threw it, I threw it up on the old internet and people like thought I was serious. I was going to sell my stuff. I was obviously a joke. Ryan Bickle texted me today. He goes, Hey man, are you okay? Is everything okay? Like, are you? And I, I, kinda, I let him on a little bit. I'm like, we all can't be superstars on TV, Brian. Times are tough. And he's like, are you serious, man? Like what's cash? going on? Yeah, he's like, do you need? He didn't. He didn't. He would never offer that. But <laughs> he's like, are you serious? And I was like, I'm just like, no, no, no. Luckily, we're not. We're not in the that position yet. But it's good to know. I got that in my back pocket. If I ever, you know, 
if times get tough, start selling bags. People were going crazy. Like I'm talking, I got hundreds of DMs. Yeah, you did. Did as you were lining them up, like anyone strike like stand out to you as particularly special or emotional? No, no, I'm not an emotional guy. Not emotional. I have no no kind of sensitive bone in my body. But um, what I was annoyed with, I didn't have a Minnesota Wild bag. Like, how on earth did I not have a Wild bag? Because I had all the Wild equipment, and that would be because the Wild, when you left, they just gave you a black bag. They just kept their bag. I'm like, you cheap son of a son. Like, it was annoying because I had every other bag. My Sharks bag is somewhere. I don't think the Sharks had logos on their bag. They're a very budget-friendly team. So it's not like they had the Sharks bag with the big, you know, shark head on the side. It was just a black bag and a Sharks inset insert into one of the pockets. But anyways, yeah, it's cool to pull them out. It wasn't, you know, I didn't – I forgot that I had the Rangers one. I forgot that I had the Coyotes one. And those are nice bags. So, you know, I'll pack them up, put them in storage, and – take them out in a few years and dust them off and look at them again. And I honestly, it was hard. I wanted to throw a bunch of this stuff out because some of the stuff is like, you know, when you pack stuff up, it's a little wet. They get a little mold on them. They look gross. And so I'm airing them out. I'm like, man, like these pants I haven't worn in like six years. And they got little, the mold dots on them. I'm like, let's just throw them out. And my wife comes out and she's like, what's this pile from? Like, that's the throw out pile. There was gloves and helmets and pants. She's like, no, keep it. You never know when we get older, you might want to, if we have a rink and our throw the pads up in the barn and look nice and the people can use it and whatever, whatever. So I'm keeping them all. I'm just going to store it away and lug it around to another house and a storage unit and this and that. So anyways, it did go viral. People wants to want, they want to buy my stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah. The, the, the sneaky favorite was actually the ice caps bag. People. Yeah. Were- it's it's like a little it's a memento you know it's history well it's a non-existent team anymore yeah they folded they are now in laval so it's one of those things where you never know that could be a relic a memento a souvenir a what do they call the things that are valuable a sports memorabilia i don't know what it is but i have like i have that one i have like a little skate bag they gave me a little you know toiletry bag they were really nice to me in st john's they they set me up nice so that if if I were to keep one or two or three bags, St. John's would be in there. That would be one of the ones I keep. You know, I would get rid of the Rangers. I would get rid of the Coyotes. I would get rid of the Sharks. I would get rid of the Sabres. I think I would keep the Hawks just because it's a physically nice bag. It's like a leather material. It's a really nice bag. And it's also like just, I don't know. I, I enjoyed my time in Chicago. And I would keep the Ice Caps bag. Do you think there's any pockets left in that bag that still has gum in it? Pack of gum somewhere tucked in? Without a doubt. Tucked in somewhere. Thinking Hosa, man. He's it's like these guys think they're so perfect. They're so funny though. Yeah. I'm glad you like that. I brush now <laughs> twice to three times a day. There you go. There you go. Very My good. problem is if I like take a nap, even it's for even if it's for five to ten minutes, it's like a cat pooped in my mouth because my <laughs> My breath just smells awful. And it it could be like a five-minute nap or a 10-hour sleep. It still smells the same. So if we, like, take the airport, you know, we fly in and we take the bus to the rink or to the hotel, if I fall asleep for two or three minutes, it's over, you know? <laughs> and the guys just jump. We get in the elevator. like, who farted? Oh, it's John's breath. You know, stuff like that. And so – yeah, it's annoying. It's it, I don't know what it is. The, halitosis, I think it's called. Poor Science. Danielle. Poor Danielle. She 
it's it's a cross she has to bear to kiss me every time I fall asleep. I'm like, ugh, you can taste it. It's yucky. But anyways, I'm sure there might be gum and the kids probably found it already. All right. Moving on. I was texting with Marcus Felino today, too. He's going to come on the show. Is he still – where is he at these days? He's in Minnesota. He's actually – he was interesting. He's got a place up in Sudbury. Brand new place he said he just built, but he's not there because he wanted to have his kid in Minnesota just – it's, I guess it's better to have it in the States. That's where he works. Who knows when this COVID thing's going to end. He didn't want to get stuck in Canada with the baby and who knows if they're going to get across. So he's like, well, we just came to Minnesota. Now he's been stuck in Minnesota because he can't go back to Canada. So interesting situation there, but no, nice kid. Good to catch up with him. He, he's going to come on the show. I just don't know when. You play with him in Buffalo? I played with him in Buffalo for a couple of years. Good player, you know, power forward. He was actually on my line. It's so bad. He, he probably didn't want to be on my line for a while, but I played with him for, for a good couple months. And he's a good little player, or big player now. Like, he's probably one of the biggest guys in the league. So, yeah. That'll be nice. That'll be nice. My issue is I never follow up with these guys. I send out the initial text, like, hey, do you want to be on the show? And they're like, yeah, sure, let me know. Like, I did it with Domi. I did it with uh, Marty McSorley. I did it with now Marcus Foligno. I've probably done it with a few other guys. And I just never follow up. Because I hate doing interviews, really. So, but I know the fans like it. The fans love it. What would you want to ask a guy in the Minnesota Wild, though? Like, honestly, uh, I don't know. Talk, talk about his Buffalo days, probably. Who did they trade for Mark Stahl? What did they What did they get from Buffalo? I can't remember. Eric Stahl. They, Eric Stahl, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember because they traded away Ryan Donato for that goalie. They got Martin Jones. Yeah. I don't know. They traded don't know. Who did they trade Eric Stahl for? I cannot remember. It was a guy from Buffalo. Man. Anyways, I kind of want to ask him what it's like to be on a team that's just like a huge failure. Like, is that a polite question to ask? Like, well, what's the nice way to ask that question? It's purgatory because they're never like in a lottery pick. You know, they're not getting the stud draft picks. Exactly. They're not – they may be squeaking in the playoffs and lose the first round. It is the curse of just being competitive. You know what I mean? And you nailed it. They're good enough to get in, but they're not good enough to win at all. I think what hampered that uh, franchise was a signing of Parisian Suter. They put all their eggs. Was the right move, right? Everybody thought it was the best. They put all their eggs in those guys' baskets and they're good players, but they're not a hundred million dollar player like that. That was a, that was a huge swing for the fences. And like, you know, they, they play well, but they're not the caliber of player you need to win a Stanley Cup. Like, they're good, good players. But, man, now they're like – now those contracts are looking terrible. Those guys are starting to hit the mid-30s. Not looking bueno for the Minnesota Wild for the foreseeable future. But, anyways, other than that, I've just been staying busy, you know, working at the house, painting. After we finish this podcast, I'm going to head out there. Got the wood stove fired up. Very exciting. Had a big rainfall. Just water leaking from the ceiling. Oh, no. I'm just like, what? That's just the last thing I need. So I must have messed up the flashing and the, the ceiling. So I have to go up there tomorrow and rip off all the – I got to take it all apart and re- redo it from, from scratch. So At least you know now, though. It's, like it's always time. easier the second time. It's always easier the second time. That's Especially what I tell myself. before the family's in there, too. Well, it still heats the house. What I'm hoping for, and this is what I want, I just want it to snow. That's all I want. Like, just just – no more rain. Just do a big snow. I don't have to worry about leaking. We're fine. But yeah, if, they, if it continues this like torrential downpour that we've been getting every few days, it's just like 
it's painful. I have to run up there and put a tarp around everything and just get me the spring so I can put a new roof on it. That's all I want. That's all I want, Tim. Little things. Anyways, cabinets went in. They're looking nice. Countertops going next week. Bathroom gets finished this weekend. New carpet upstairs for the kids this weekend. That's why I'm busy painting. I got to get the paint done before the new carpet comes in tomorrow. So that's why I'm like pulling an all-nighter. Of course, my wife wants like it to be perfect. So she's like, yeah, do it again. The trim's got to be a different gloss. So I got to paint the whole <laughs> thing. And then I got to go back with a small brush and paint all the trim around the doors and stuff. I'm like, it's so pointless. Like, just because it's a gloss. You know what I mean? We're only going to live there for a year and a half, but it's got to be a certain gloss. All right. Love you, honey. Sounds good. Love you. Okay. I'm doing it. We got to paint the doors the gloss color too. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. The girls will love it. They'll love the gloss. They'll appreciate they it. They won't appreciate it. I, I, they will not appreciate it. No one's even going to notice it. It's just everything's white. It's like white and white. It's all the same color, just a different tint. It's if you ever be my house someday. House, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to appreciate it. If I what? It's going to be my house someday. So I'm going to want the gloss doors and the gloss trim. I would sell you that chunk of land in that house if you if you ponied up enough money. That's how it works, yeah. But you can't rent. Like, I'm not going to rent it to you. I think that would stunt your growth. You got to move on. You got to buy something. I agree. 500 grand. 500 grand. Right now? No. It's a good deal now. One, 150. No, you crazy, man. No way. If you, if you, that's the thing. You're maybe overpaying a little bit now, but in 10 years, that house will be worth 700 grand. With that land and that view, come on, come on, come on, give, come on. It's an investment. Anyways, moving on. Let's do a little mailbag. I know we had a lot of questions last time that we didn't get through. And let's, let's try to, I love doing the mailbag. It, it's fun. It pulls all these memories out of my system that I, I think I don't remember. Then all of a sudden I get triggered with a question. It's like, wait a minute. I have a great memory. Oh, by the way, let's talk about that text you sent me about Rob Gronkowski. What, what about it? So last episode, we were talking about hanging out with celebrities and Tim's like, I hung, I, you know, I've hung out with my fair share of celebrities. You know, I, I, in Boston, I used to hang out with a pretty A-list crowd. And so that's not what I said. So he sends me this text today and it just says me and Rob. And it's just a video of Rob Gronkowski dancing, which you could have pulled from TMZ. Like, I don't know if that's coming from your phone or what, because you're not in the video at all. Tell me about that night. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to indulge this line of questioning. It was like the only video I took. I'm not going to take a selfie with him. Rob. I think you saw him out and you took a video of him. And now you're trying to play it off. Like you guys went out together. Listen, if we want to have a story where we, we can share an episode, we'll share our stories. I'm not going to do it now. Why? Because you got to think of a good story? No, because you're going to – you're patronizing me. Oh, I'm just trying to get to the, the bottom of this because just sending me a video of Rob Gronkowski. I could get you a video right now of Tom Cruise dancing. It'll be like, me and Tom. <laughs> oh, Tom, me and Tom. I'll send you a video of, like, um, a football team dancing in their locker room. Oh, me and Notre Dame. <laughs> That's not how it works, John. Well, I didn't see you. I didn't hear your voice. It was like a 10-second video of Gronk dancing with obnoxious glasses on. Yeah. Like, why does he got to wear those glasses? Does he need more attention? He's just trying to be himself, you know? You can't, you can't be caged. 
I would have punched him out. I would have spiked my fist in his face and said, Bill's rule and walked out. <laughs> uh, so cool, John. I know. So I would have been scared. <laughs> he's a guy I think I would be starstruck. He's, 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 he's actually a pretty nice guy, I would imagine. Yes, he he's exactly what you think he is. Just a, a bro. Yeah, there's no persona. It's just, it's just him. He's not very bright. That might be a persona. He's smarter than you think he is. I don't think he's very smart. So that means he's like kind of smart. He's smarter than you think he is. I guess doesn't mean much. I think he's a step above a Neanderthal. Oh, come on, John. What if he, he listen to the show? He's not going to anymore. He's going to stop. Good. I, he, he portrays himself as this guy who's just like a dummy. You know what I mean? Like he Part does. Yeah, but I think that's him. I don't think he's smart enough to do a stick and to turn it on and off. I don't think he has that kind of capacity. Anyways, I don't know. We're not going to get to that. You're obviously defending him because he's your, he's your friend who you creep out in Boston and take a video of. My then, good friend Rob. I call him Bobby. Bobby? Bobby. Bobby? Yeah, of course you do. Him and De Niro? Your boys. All right, let's let's do some questions. I just thought we should tweet that video out. Let's do that. Put it on the show's Twitter feed. No. Why? It's my video. I have it now, so you share <laughs> public content now, man. It's its own atmosphere. Once you once you text something, it's gone. It's gone forever. It's never to come back to you again. It's gone. All right, let's 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 rip through some questions and I can go paint some trim. An eggshell on the walls. A semi-gloss on the trim. Just so it's free if you need to do some painting in your house. Okay. Eggshell walls, semi-gloss or gloss. I think gloss is a little much, but semi-gloss on the trim. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. The lack of quality candidates for jobs is remarkable, especially with these kids going through university thinking they're the cat's meow. They think they know better than anybody. It's important to have a company to help you find that candidate. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Football is back in full swing, and the Bills are seven and two. Tim, can you believe that? It's the Pats' records right now. What are they? What are they? Two and six. They are horrendous. But football is back, and you might not be at any of the games. Hopefully, not any of the Pats' games. You might bark if you see it, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this series, win this season. Excuse me, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. 
don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Go ahead, Tim. First question is I'm going to change it up a little bit. The question was who, what were the worst and best dressing rooms to be a visiting player? But I, I kind of want to hear, and you can answer that, but I kind of want to hear the worst and best planes because that's something people don't really hear much about, plane rides. Which team did um, it really well? Which teams were kind of like, oh, this is okay? Well, I think all the planes are relatively good. I think if any, and this might sound a little snotty, but if any normal person were to jump on one of these planes who was used to a commercial jet, they would be impressed. Like without a doubt impressed because what they do is they convert a big like 747 into all private seats. So they rip out all the seats and maybe they don't rip it out. It just starts off that way. But for every like two seats that are four across in the back, they, they replace those with two big leather barca loungers. So you have immense leg room. The chairs are crazy wide. You can lean them back. They got a foot, foot rest that slides up if you want to lay down. And then they have two card tables. And so it's just sweet. And they have like little um, things that block off sections. So the first section is for the coaches. They have their little section. Then the media gets media and medical get the second section. Then they have partitions where the players are always in the back. So it's cool. The Rangers have their own plane. So they had like little lounge areas and like little cocktail tables. And it it wasn't um, a normal chartered jet. It was like a, custom plane i didn't really care for that just because i like card tables i like the setup of a plane but i think for the most part the thing that distinguishes planes is the food the accoutrements the beers the the stuff that you bring on the plane so i think the team that did that the best was buffalo they would uh they would really set you up nice they'd they'd get chicken wings and they would get sushi they would get burgers they would get all kinds of great stuff when jumped on the plane then during the flight they had all kinds of great food and it was just like a it was just a buffet, whatever you wanted. So San Jose was good too. San Jose was good because they had cereal. They could make grilled cheese sandwiches. They had a little grill <laughs> in the back. So if they, if like, if you wanted like a grilled something, they could make it. So it would be like, we'd be flying overnight and it would be like one in the morning. Like, man, I really feel like grilled cheese and tomato soup. And I would ask, and they'd bring me like three grilled cheese sandwiches and a big bowl of tomato soup. <sighs> you have no That's idea. Amazing. It's so good. But for the dressing rooms, I think, the worst ones, the Washington Capitals, I don't know if we've talked about this before. The Capitals room was just a disaster, and so was the New York Islanders. Both of those rooms were just atrocious. Why? Washington, they had one shower. Like, they had the showers that was a circular shower with the nozzles, like the five nozzles coming out of a, yeah. a circular tower. And only, like, three nozzles worked, and they were all freezing cold. So it was just, and it was like in the back of the dressing room, there was no lights in there. So it was just a disaster. They threw a cold tub in the corner. So if you wanted to take a cold tub, you had to stare at five guys showering. And like the (laughs) cold tub is like waist level. So you're sitting there with guys showering at waist level and you can just imagine the optics of that. So it's, it's not ideal to say the least. It's less than ideal. And the Islanders one was just terrible. Like they had two, two small little showers that you're like showering in sewage and it's a mile and a half walk to the rink. And 
who's just, it's just terrible. So actually that was the old rink. They went to the Barclays center, which was better, but now they're back at the old rink. So I don't know if they've changed that or what, but a, a good, a good dressing room. I would say one of the better ones was Pittsburgh, their new rink, pretty legit. I don't know. Any, any of the newer rinks that got renovated, like Minnesota has a great um, facility for the weight team. It's right, right, right by the ice, all carpeted. Very, very good. Very classy. So yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, next question is about uh, players watching video, basically. Um, and it's not probably as big in hockey as in, in NFL, for example, but I, I know video is something you guys did a lot of. Which player was just most obsessed with it? Like in the video room constantly, couldn't get them out of there, always kind of trying to learn and get better. Oh, man. Um, well, the goal, Ryan Miller was in there nonstop. He would be constantly watching video, but gosh, it's it's funny. When I played – Remember Cody Hodson? Yeah. Oh, he watched he, video. He had, a, he had a shot. Non- he had a heavy shot. He watched video nonstop. Like absolutely nonstop. He had the tablet. He would bring it everywhere. He would always be watching it at the rink, everywhere, on the bus after the game. And it was annoying because everybody had their own tablet and you would watch your shifts. And I'm like, I only played five shifts. I'm not watching it. I can remember <laughs> them right now exactly what happened. And so I never, ever watched video. And the team could track how much video you watched. Oh no. So one time they came to me and they said, do you know how to turn on your iPad? <laughs> how, what I team go, was this? It was um, Arizona. And I still have the iPad. I stole it when they traded me and they, and they go, do you know how to use this? And I go, yeah, why? And they're like, it says you've watched it for a total of four minutes. <laughs> and this was like a month and a half into the season. And I was like, yeah, I just don't like it. You know, like, I, like I'm not going to lie to you. I just don't like watching video. And so like, yeah, we really, we really would appreciate it if you like watch this video. We put a lot of money in the system because like, it was a big company who ran it. They like singled out your videos and they did it super fast. So you had that information right after the game. And like, this is a big, you know, a big um, asset for us. We think it could improve your game. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I just, it just wasn't my thing, but you would see guys like it's, it's the new way of playing hockey. You watch your game right after the game to see what you did wrong or you, what you did right. I don't know. Are they watching videos of like competitors too? Like, Hey, we got Ovechkin this week. Let's watch some film on him or no. Um, you do it as a team. And then yeah. the goalies watch the players. That's why I say Ryan Miller. Cause he would go and watch Ovechkin and Stamkos and how they, their releases cues on a rush. Like, how they open up their stick if they're ready to shoot. Because everybody has a tell, right, when they're going to fire the puck. Some guys hide it better than others. But I'd say before the game, we usually, like, they would do the power play, the penalty kill, special teams, and then they would do the team one. So it was just embarrassing as well. We They would take the power play in. And so that would be 14 guys would go in the room. Then they do the penalty kill, and that would be – like, I'm not kidding, 18 guys would go in the room, and it would be me and the goalies sitting in the locker room while everybody else is in that room doing video. And then they go, everyone else? And then I'd walk in by myself. I'm like, all right. <laughs> are, we, are we ready? And so I would just walk in at the end, and everyone would be like, hey. So it's just embarrassing because I never played special teams. And usually, even if you're a schmelt fourth-line guy, like, they throw in the penalty kill sometimes. And I it just, you know, never did it. So, But, yeah, some – Coaches lived and died by the video. I remember my first year playing pro was with Kevin Constantine and he would give us written tests. He would make us watch video hours a day on what we're supposed to do in every situation against this team, against that team, 
what kind of forecheck, what kind of um, neutral zone. Like it was just intense. So I think I got just hardened by fire right away with just, we, we, I just was in the deep end right away. I went from watching no video and calls to watching like, not even kidding you, an hour and a half a day at the rink with the team, sitting in a room, lights off, just watching video. Just like eyes glossed over like, this is not what pro hockey, this is not what I thought it was going to be. So anyways, there you go. That's enough. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you um, watch right. video in club, Tim, when you were um, a club team in college? <laughs> no. No. We didn't Why not? No one was filming our games. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, uh, all right. If you could pick one former teammate to be on your men's league team with you, who would it be? Oh, well, we just talked about this. The no-hit league. <laughs> that's true. But I think – and this is where you need to look at an all-around player. Because on my men's league, we don't want the best players. We don't want the guys who work the hardest. In fact, we don't want guys who work hard at all. We want guys who play smart and play our type of game. These are the rules on our team. We don't dump the puck. We don't forward check. We try to play a nice and slow game. That's our, that's our motto. So if, if we do like a puck possession, we want to possess the puck 100% of the time. That's, that's, that's how we play our game. And we give up a few breakaways every game. That's, that's, our, that's our forte. But anyways, I would say a player that I played with who best fit the mold, I, like Joel Thornton would be to a T. He would be the guy who I think on ice, he would be great because he doesn't like to dump it. He likes to play with the puck. He likes to be creative. Then after, like we play for the post game. That's what we play for. We, we finish a game up. If it's a seven o'clock game, we finish at seven 45. We're not walking out of there until midnight. Most, most weekends, you know what I mean? So that's, that's the type of team that we are. We're, we're big into locker room camaraderie. That's, that's a big, big part. Like we had Jerv, Jerv's gone. He didn't fit the, he didn't fit the culture of the Jolly Pumpkin. So it is what it is. If, by the way, if you're in Northern Michigan or Michigan in general, Go to the Jolly Pumpkin restaurant. Get yourself a nice meal. They're delicious. A good restaurant. You know what? I've never eaten there because they won't spring for a team dinner, even after he won the championship. What a joke. You know what? Don't go to Jolly Pumpkin. <laughs> Avoid them like the plague. I hear they, the chef has COVID. So just saying. Stop. Okay. Uh, next question. Um, you talked a little bit about the you guys exchanging sticks. I've seen some of the sticks in your basement, some of the cool players that you've collected over the years. What was the, the coolest moment for you of someone asking for your stick? And you're like, really? That guy wants my stick? Oh, boy. I think it was um, – I gave one to P.K. Subban, I think, or George Peros, one of those two. It, it was really neat. I, I never gave out many sticks. But when I did, it was cool. I think George Perrell, it's just because I looked up to him. He was a tough guy. And he was just such a big character in the league. Like, he was so big with his mustache. And he was just the king of the hill for years and years and years. So when he asked for my stick, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So, I don't know. That was kind of a cool moment. I got his stick. And it was really neat. We exchanged. I didn't realize he played for the Chicago Freeze. And we had that kind of link together from our past. So, good dude. Now he's the director of player safety for some reason. Doing an average job. Who is the one whose stick in your basement is now broken? 
that's not broken. That that is broken. That's now broken. Probably would have been my crown jewel if it wasn't broken, but Timu Solani. And what happened to it? Um, so it was his last year. Remember he did the big farewell tour when he was with Anaheim. Yeah. We played him in Anaheim. Uh, I was good friends with my trainer. Like we talked about, I, I was really good friends with our trainer. I was like, Hey Ripper, get me Timu Solani stick. It was when I was with Buffalo and he goes, okay, I got you. He went to their trainer. Rip has been around hockey for 60 years. Like he, he started in Buffalo when they became a franchise. So he knows all the trainers. He went and worked his magic, got me a stick. One of our other trainers saw the stick and he's like, cool, Timu Solani. You know, when you get a stick, you look at it, you check it out, you give it a little flex. He snapped it in half when he flexed Ugh. it. Like not like right in the middle too, where your bottom hand goes. It's a crack. And this was after I had already seen it. So I'd already seen this beautiful stick, perfectly taped, Timu Solani autographed. I'm like, this is awesome. Then he cracks it in half. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like the one stick, this is the reason why I came to Anaheim. And um, yeah, so I just taped it up. It said there's an obnoxious little bump in the middle of tape. And I'm like, gosh. So everybody picks up, I'm like, don't bend it. They'll snap it in half again. It's super annoying. So yeah, that that's that's my crown jewel, Timo Solani. I think that's a cool stick. I tried to get Brodeurs. I tried to get Yagers, but they both said no. No, thank you. Um, but other than that, yeah, Solani was nice enough to give me one. So that was good. Good on him. Did you actually meet him too? No, I never met him. I didn't play that game, so didn't even see him on the ice, which is strange because I always played versus Anaheim, their physical team. But I did play against him before. He's a good player. Nice guy. Just gorgeous. Yeah. Handsome yeah. fella. Handsome. He is a good, good head player. of hair. Good head of hair on him. <laughs> How many right. goals did he score his first year in Winnipeg? 76. Correct. Good job, Tim. Uh, it's one of those numbers that just people remember. It's a big number. Is that the most goals ever for a rookie? It's got to be. Unless for, like, someone passed it in like the 40s or something. Some silly back and forth. Well, Gretzky, but here's the issue with Gretzky. Do you count his rookie stats? Because he played professional before he came to the NHL, remember? So, yeah. I guess you kind of have to. But anyways, I, I, is there any, let, let's do one more. I have one more question. Perfect. Uh, and you sort of talked about this a little bit last week, but which teammate, I guess, I assume it'll be a teammate, but, or any NHL player looks the least like an athlete. Who's the one who does not look, look like a professional athlete? Oh, boy. Ugh. That is a loaded question. I would say, other than Phil Kessel, because he does not look like an athlete whatsoever. I, like, I want to say Andrew Brunette, just because he doesn't. <laughs> But I don't think anybody would remember him. I remember him. So when I he was on the team when I first started in Minnesota, then I played with him again in Chicago. You would never, if you saw this guy out at a mall, he would look like someone's dad. He's got a dad bod. He has not an ounce of like muscle definition on his whole body. Nowhere. Legs, arms, chest, back, neck, nowhere. He's just a pudgy guy who gets up and down the ice and just scored goals. And that that's all he did. Even a Joe Pavelski doesn't look like an athlete. You shave his beard, looks like an average Joe. Pun intended. But, um, yeah, probably Andrew Burnett would be the guy. Because usually hockey players, they got the thick thighs, you know. Like, you can tell. They, they're a little more squatty. Him, not at all. Not not at all whatsoever. Like, skinny legs, big, fat upper body. Like, just that's, – that's just how he was. Great guy. Let me stay at his house in Minnesota for the summer. Well, he was um, off doing whatever, and I was training in Minnesota. 
beautiful, beautiful house. And he's like, Johnny, stay there. Not a big deal. Oh, it was great. I don't even think he charged me. Got to drive around his Porsche Cayenne for the summer. Are you kidding me? Sick. He was a good player. He was a great player. I bet you he scored. Let me let me throw a guess though. Are you pulling up his stats? I got it in front of me. So how many years did he play? Can you tell me? I'm guessing um, 16. 2012. Yeah, about that. So I would say, so let's just say he played 14 years. He averages around 25 goals, I'm guessing, a year, maybe 20. So I say he put up 300 goals. A little short, 268. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, he had a good career. And he put up, what, 250 assists? 465. Wow, so he's so almost at 700 points. 733. Look and at him. He had, he had a season that he had 83 points. So he's a he's a good player. Was that in Colorado or Minnesota? Colorado, his last yeah. year, 07-08. He, he played with some good players in Colorado, boy. Sackick and Forsberg and Tangay and Hayduke. And those boys could light the lamp. My yep. goodness. That was a loaded team. That really was. All because of the Eric Lindros trade. You know that? No. What's the history there? When Eric, you know that. Stop. When Eric Lindros got drafted by the Quebec Nordiques and refused to go. Yeah. And so Philadelphia Flyers pretty much mortgaged their future for the next five years to trade for Eric Lindros. Mm-hmm. And they traded, um, it was Peter Forsberg, Matt Sundin, Mark Recchi, um, and a bunch of first-rounders for him. And so that's what started off the Quebec Nordiques, and they s- quickly moved to the Colorado Avalanche. And that's where when Colorado took off because they had all those draft picks, they had all those players, all because of that Eric Lindhouse trade. Have you ever seen those YouTube videos of the trade tree? Where it's like, this was a trade, and how many players were affected by it, and how many moves were made? No. Go check out the Eric Lindros trade tree video on YouTube. It is remarkable how many players were affected and how, like, it just says Philadelphia Flyers got one player and then the Colorado Avalanche from that one trade got like 40 players. It's crazy how it worked out because they had so many draft picks and they would trade that that draft pick for more players. Like, they traded Matt Sundin to Toronto, got a bunch of more draft picks and this and that. So it's cool to see how one little decision by Eric Lindros saying, "I'm I'm not going to Quebec. I'm not going to do it. And I talked to him about that too. We did an event in Halifax one time. And I was like, just tell me what was going on. Like, why did you not want to go to Quebec? He's like, I hated Quebec. Always hated playing there in juniors. Did not want to go there. Didn't want to speak French. Didn't like French people. Did not want to go there. And I told him, I said, don't draft me. I'm not going to play with you guys. Don't draft me. And sure enough, they draft him. And he's like, I'm not playing there. I told you. Like ultimate power move. Wow. Imagine that. You're the number one pick. You're the best player in the world. At your age, you're going to get drafted first overall. And you're like, no, I'm good. No, thanks. I pass. Not going to play there. It's like, so cool. It's like when Jim Kelly, he didn't want to go to Buffalo. So he's like, I'm done. I'm not playing there. Who else did it? Eli Manning didn't want to go to San Diego. He's like, I'm not playing there. They traded him to the Giants. It it happens. It happens quite a bit. These punk kids, too much power. It's true. It's true. It's true. What else? What are you looking at, Tim? No, just checking the news, but there's nothing going on right now. Well, we don't need anything going on. We got our lives, Tim. I got to go and paint. You got to go and jump on Twitter and Tinder and Match.com and Catholic Match. And what else? What other match groups are you on? None of those. Other ones? Bumblebee? You nailed it. 
I know. It's not going to complete you, Tim. You got to find that one. I'm worried about you. I know you are. Have you had any dates lately? John, it's time to wrap up. We don't need to, no, we need to talk yes. about this. I think Tim's hiding some of, something from us, everybody. He's been very distant lately, and I don't know why. That's not true. There's something going on. Usually we talk daily, and now he's just like maybe once every couple of days. So every time you text me, I'm like, not now, John. I can't. I can't talk right now. Please, if we released our text thread, it would be a one-sided ordeal with me trying to get a hold of you and you just <laughs> not responding. Anyways, we'll get to the bottom of this, people, because I know you're invested in Tim's life, like I am. He's a part of the family, and we we're very worried about him. Speaking so. of, I'm waiting to get a dinner invite. Danielle's like, I'm going to start inviting you over to dinner every week. You don't have to come, but I'm going to invite you all the time. Well, we haven't had a family dinner in a week and a half just because of the move. So can you just please forgive us? Give us a pass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe because we're a little, you know, we got our hands full a little bit. It must be nice to be a 30-year-old single guy with literally no responsibilities. In my defense, I'm a lot to handle, though. I'm a- you, are, you have zero responsibilities. I mean, you're not a lot to handle. You're a very easy guest. I like we have so many balls in the air. It looks like uh, a lottery with the balls in the air when they pull one out. Yeah, I got it. Did you get that? (laughs) Anyways, I got to go paint. This is the longest podcast ever, apparently. Anyways, everybody, have a good weekend. Enjoy yourself. Um, Go out and have some fun. Get out there. Go have some fun. Enjoy the last nice weekend of the year because it's going to just be a downhill if you're living in the north like me. So, cheers. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks and see you next time.